Welcome to the Monday Night Scores, the wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. This week, we've got a super special pay-per-view extravaganza in store as we cover In Your House 5 season's beatings. So sit down, strap in and let's get this show on the road. But before we begin, we'd best introduce ourselves. I am one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am, as always, joined by a man who was once banned from his local swimming pool for stealing and ripping up children's 25-metre swimming certificates as he claimed to have measured the pool and found it to be three centimetres shy of 25 metres, so they hadn't earned it, the absolute bastard. It's the one and only pick a gym, my dear Jim. That was very good, very good intro. It was a busy day, that one as well, busy day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also joined by a man who will shortly be taking us through what he calls a Pluma de Cerdo match, pigpen match, later on, and Bayek is it full of merda. It's lost Liam, all right, Liam? <laughs> 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 I think there's been a merit there. That's what I got in my head there when you said that. <laughs> Made some murders in. Yeah, all right, Liam, I'm not a native speaker. I'm, I'm working on it. I can't hold the oh, proficient sorry, as you. Sorry, I'm, I'm good, thanks, Steve. Good Great stuff. intro, though. I like, I like that. Very like that. glad to hear it. Very glad to hear it. Jim, calm down. I'll get you placed in history with some cultural reference points so there's no need for that. Let's set the scene. The date is the 17th of December 1995. On this day, Toy Story's box office dominance was finally broken as board game-based <laughs> adventure film classic Jumanji debuted at the top spot. And what a film that is. Toy Story was uh, before Jumanji? Yeah, I know. I didn't wow. think that at all. I know, I know. I absolutely had that the other way around as well. There you go. Yeah, That's Jumanji. easily the most interesting of these. Of these I remember when's. And it's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> but still... Cult Japanese RPG classic Suikoden was released on the PlayStation 1, which featured over 90 playable characters. Crying out for a WCW World War 3 main event spin-off, if you ask me. They're absolutely crying out for it. Where is Super Assassin 1 and 2? And the Cleveland Browns played their final game at the Cleveland Stadium, with head coach one Bill Belichick leading the team to an emotional 26-10 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, now we know what was surprising, scaring and delighting us at the pictures, what we were strategizing to on the PS1, and what we were watching on the NFL Highlights show on Channel 4. Let's see how Vince's WWF tried to compete with that lot. They'll be... Belief beggaring live pig hog pens, non stop AOL phone ins, but no cowboy Bob Orton's. Let's get cracking. And we're live from the Hershey Park Arena in, you'll not believe this, Hershey, Pennsylvania. And we get underway with a comedy Christmas-based promo for tonight's main event. The WWF World Heavyweight Championship is on the line as Bret Hart defends his title against his brother-in-law, the British Bulldog. The promo is the usual fare from WWF, but one shot of Bret's mum, shown in black and white slow-mo as she turns around in horror... I clocked something jobby memory and I realised what it was. She looked the spitting image of the first zombie you encounter in Resident Evil 1. I feel really bad about this because that's, that's a very mean thing to say. But it made me chuckle for a solid 15 minutes. <laughs> 
and and then again about an hour later, and then again just about an hour before we did this recording, I remembered it. Um, but I did think <laughs> it is uncanny though. And um, we'll post a pic to Twitter so you can see for yourself. You can see that at TMN Scores. That's at TMN Scores. Anyway, into the first matchup, and we've got a tag team match between Ted DiBiase's Money Incorporated, which is Psycho Sid and the One Two Three Kid, the Kid and Sid connection, if you will, and they're heading up against the Bad Man himself, Razor Ramon, and the Nitpicker's favourite nincompoop, Marty Janetti. Go on, Marty. Big win. <laughs> Starts off with the heels in the ring. Marty and Razor enter, and as they do, we cut to Gold Dust, who's sitting on a gold sofa in the audience as if it's his own private box with an usher who looks like one of those <laughs> clapping cymbal monkeys. And, it's, yeah, it does. <laughs> and the bizarre one is suggestively applauding Razor as we get the first two bizarres from Vince almost instantly, almost instantly. Anyway, the kid and Jeanette get us underway in the ring. From the off, Marty's trying to drag the kid over to Razor so the bad guy can get his revenge on the kid. But I don't understand why he didn't just tag him in unless doing so would then cause... <laughs> kid to, you know, tag Sid in and get away, but uh, it seemed odd to me in any case. We get a lovely backflip wrist lock reversal from the kid, which is then met with a fierce short arm clothesline uh, upon him landing from from Jeanette. He looked cracking. Great stuff from both lads here. It's followed up with an atomic drop that incapacitates kid long enough for Marty to then tag in Razor. Kid instantly escapes out the ring, but Marty's wise to it, and lumberjack style, he's gone off to to the ring apron, Got down to the uh, got down to the to the outside and then rolls kid back in into Razor's clutches. Razor then tees off on kid as the crowd pop and we get some lovely coordination from Razor kid and Sid during another atomic drop setup from Razor. So he picks kid up really far back and as he does so, kid reaches back over his arms for a tag uh, to Sid, which Razor can't see. Kid then escapes on the landing and then takes off to run the ropes. Baseball slides under Razor on the way back through and Sid then, who's now the legal man is in the ring absolutely clotheslines the toothpick chewer as he turns around cracking stuff from all three of this I was like oh I think this is probably the slickest thing I've seen Sid do to date here that was great then we get the two big lads going at it they trade blows until a sloppy knockdown clothesline where Sid telegraphs it by being already horizontal by the time they both contact each other it's like ah fucking hell mate all that hard work undone in an instant but anyway the High Flyers are brought back in and share some rapid manoeuvres, culminating in a somersault bulldog from the second rope from Ginetti. It looks great. And it plants Kid, and he then follows up with a camel clutch to give us time to cut back to Goldust on his golden sofa as he's interviewed by the Toddster. Goldust is asked, why are you here? Which seems odd as he's a WWF employee and this is a pay-per-view. But there we go. Anyway, he responds by quoting The Graduate. Which is great. As he fans himself with the WWF magazine <laughs> and then makes it very, very clear that he really, really fancies Razor. The life-sized Oscar then asks the Toddster to deliver a golden envelope. I mean, gimmick infringement from us is what I thought, but, you know, I'll let him fly, let it fly. Um, Give this to Razor, he says, before he... Dr- <laughs> and, he and this is the quote. He says, hand this to Razor before I drown in a hormonal sea of life. <laughs> and Pettengill <laughs> quickly <laughs> agrees, and I would too. Yeah. Uh, it was around this point that, that I, uh, I, I found my uh, my comedic sign for the for the night. Oh, amazing! Go on. Yeah. So just after just after Janetti had uh, had hit this somersault bulldog, uh, there was a guy who was in who was right behind the uh, the shot mm. uh, with a Marty must die sign. <laughs> Fucking hell! Yeah. Which I thought was pretty <laughs> pretty aggressive. Really. Must must. I mean, 
it's it's an imperative. An, I mean, Janetti is annoying. I get, I get that, but I don't go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't go. The, I wouldn't go the whole hog and, and wish wish instant death upon him. What a no, what a bold I'm... thing to do. Imagine if he did it. I mean, he's on he's on camera. He's gone to a pay per view with thousands yeah. of people. This guy's got he's got he's got prime spot in the uh, in the hard camera. He's, he's stuck up the Marty must die sign. <laughs> wow. so I don't know how you feel about that, Jim. To be honest, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm shocked. Really, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Who? who how could somebody feel such a way about <laughs> such a, a glorious, you know, wrestler, <laughs> glorious is. individual? I mean, that's a that is a yeah, that's a sign for the age. That one. <laughs> Don't think you get that in twenty twenty one. Marty must die. Yeah, Jesus. Wept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bit much. This fellow needs a background check, doesn't he? <laughs> he going. really does. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Anyway, back in the ring, and Janetti's top rope flying crossbody is reversed into a power slam by Sid. Look great. As the big lad catches Marty in midair. Crack and move this again. He's been pretty good, Sid, save for the uh, the comedy blown double clothesline spot. 15 minutes in, and after landing a big frog splash on Janetti, it becomes obvious that the kid and his barnet have once again gone full Dulux dog. I'm having to resist the urge here to get me Pantone booklet out and start asking him advice on what colour I should do the feature wall. Unbelievable this, have a look, unbelievable. Into the finish and Kid misses with a huge Bronco Buster before the Bronco Buster was a thing, where he's going, I mean, if he'd have connected, he'd have gone, like, gooch first into Janetti's <laughs> face. Like, I don't know what he was going for, but he, he missed, regardless. <laughs> so he goes straight onto the top row, and Janetti dodges at the last second, and he sets up then the hot tag to bring in Razor, who throws Kid into Sid, and then delivers an absolutely massive fallaway slam to his ex-partner, the Kid. With the kid out of it, Sid starts a bit of a comeback, but it does not last long, as Razor gets the pin from a flying bulldog from... Got Northern Irish again. <laughs> An ordinary, got a flying bulldog. <laughs> Did Monday night Look out! Look out, there's a flying bulldog! <laughs> that was pretty good, that, Jim. I don't encourage you, mate. I can't imagine it was. <laughs> I'd like to hear more. <laughs> I mean, if you could do one of the matches in that accent, I'd be... That's a Christmas special. Yeah, That's the it. next Christmas special. <laughs> As Razor gets the pin from a flying bulldog from the bottom rope, he then sets up the kid for the Razor's edge, but the now ringside Sid grabs Kid's leg and drags him through the middle and top rope to the outside from the Razor's edge uh, position. And it looks like Kid's face grates across the top rope on the way through too. Like, it looked really painful. And actually, in the promo we see afterwards, he's clearly got a graze on his cheeks. So I think it did. He got a nasty bit of rope rash from this. But anyway, <laughs> the move looked good. The lads scamper and we are out. And following on from that, the opener we've got we've got Ahmed Johnson versus versus the Dean Dean Douglas or what was what was penciled in to be that match anyway because confusion confusion uh, reigns early doors when the announcer kind of randomly announces the Nature Boy Buddy Landell yeah who? Which, which obviously wasn't expected <laughs> um, and then following that announcement you usually expect Buddy Landell to appear but he doesn't no instead uh, the King makes his way to the ring. Uh, I think it's all right. Here comes the king. He's going to clear this up for me. I've got a few questions. Namely, where is the Dean Dean Douglas? What is Buddy Landell doing here? Yeah, but, who is but, Buddy Landell? <laughs> but, but what, is, what is a Buddy Landell? <laughs> <laughs> we, 
King's going to sort all that out, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, King goes into the ring and lo and behold, he, he 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 mixes things up even further by bringing out none other than Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, his, Double J. Yeah, for his TMNS debut. Yeah, right he is. Uh, King's buzzing about this. He's, he's made up that we've got Jeff Jarrett coming out. Uh, there's about three, four cheers from the crowd, maybe. And yeah, everyone else in there, there's several more tens of thousands were just completely nonplussed, it seemed. Um, Jarrett gets in the ring and he spells his name. <laughs> it does a lot. I thought this was odd. Right, I've got to clear this up, right? I hated, hated Jeff Jarrett. As a kid, hated him. Absolute go away, chicken shit heel. Couldn't stand him, despised him. Watching him now <laughs> as a jaded 30 something, I thought he was fucking hilarious. I really got on board. Him and King together here. This just absolute baiting the crowd. Just really annoying. Really yeah, got was... me. I don't know if it'll last, but I love this. Yeah, no, there was a, there was a, a very, uh, they were a good double act, weren't they? I thought. Yeah, good chemistry. But yeah, I didn't get why I spelled his full name. Yeah. It, it's, it's not a complicated one. It's not like he's called, uh, I don't know, Jeff Stolan or Yonagovich or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, quite, it's quite a simple one. But uh, anyway. He spells it out twice as well, just to, just in case you were unsure after yeah. the first time. Yeah, no, it was, it was weird. Um, and then while he's out there, while well, he's out in the ring, he's out there because King's going to make a presentation to him and uh, he's given Double J his gold record for surpassing 500,000 sales of his album Ain't I Great, which features <laughs> the smash hit, of course features the smash hit With My Baby Tonight. Um, Ain't I Great. <laughs> it's great. It's so, it's so shit, it's fantastic. I can see why I hated him as a kid and I can equally see why it entertained me so much now. It's fantastic. He did well as well, didn't he, selling uh, 500,000... Oh, 500,000 fake Gold sales aren't, aren't easy to come by, Jim. No, that's going to be a big big moment for him, I'm sure. Um, we were told Buddy Landell was on his way to the ring nearly 10 minutes ago, yeah, so I'm, I'm <laughs> checking my watch as we're going along. Jarrett then, he, he reveals he's going to be the first participant in the 96 Royal Rumble and... There was, this is, the, it reminded me of the, that Jose Mourinho, Mario Balotelli anecdote where he goes, Mario, whatever you do, no reaction. Mario, they kick you, no reaction. Mario, they call your name, no reaction. This is when, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first person in the Royal Rumble. No reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody gave a shit, yeah, did well, they? All right, mate, cool, fine, yeah. <laughs> absolute crickets. And after that bombshell, <laughs> out comes Dean Douglas. And I haven't got a fucking clue what's happening here. Where is Buddy Landell? Has someone kidnapped Buddy Landell? <laughs> is, he Buddy La- is Buddy Landell an idea? Is he a philosophy? Is he, is he a tangible thing? Yeah. Dino's out. Uh, Jarrett's jumped on comms. Um, Douglas is on the mic. He starts talking. I think, mm. Let's get on with it. It's the second match of the night. How long is he going to run for? <laughs> um, Dean, Dean's got a bad back, so he's out. He's only at 65%, the doc says. So Very can't specific, wrestle. that. Very specific. 65% back. You've got to be, you know, I don't know what region. Back, oh, I suppose, <laughs> Scott I Steiner would not stand for that. Anything less than <laughs> no. 150%. Just... <laughs> <laughs> If you if you yeah. remember as well, like when when, when he was on uh, when he was on Raw, I think it was two two weeks ago against Ramon for the uh, 
think it was for the Intercontinental yeah. belt, wasn't it? And he, he literally got clotheslined over the ropes. And at the time, <laughs> Vince said, oh, his back's, his back's gone or his back's hurt. Come on. You can't be just like... Breadcrumbs. Like, Breadcrumbs from Vince. You, yeah. you can't be laying the foundations there from just a clothesline over the ropes. It's like he's done a swanton bomb from the top turn buckle, the it? cage. Top of the cage. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, he's um, in light of the, the 65%... Um, back condition he's he's had to draft in Buddy Landell because I guess that would be the first person you go to you go, you go to someone who doesn't normally work on the roster you've got to, you've got to find a different company go, go to their locker room I need someone well, to there's only one man ass. for the job yeah unbelievable so finally after a full seven minutes after he was initially introduced by the, uh, by, the by the by the announcer here comes Buddy Landell everybody and <laughs> He, he looked a bit strange, didn't he? The first thing I thought here was like, I know, I know, WWF have been flogging cardboard cutouts, so it, it, it was like, it was like if, if you if you'd had a if you had a Ric Flair cutout and you, you was like, I fancy that, but I don't want to pay those prices for <laughs> the WWF, so I'm going to take my custom to uh, to wish. <laughs> and you've waited, you know, eight weeks for this cardboard cutout to, to, to come to your to your gaff, and when it turns up, it, it, it it's Buddy Landell. <laughs> Shocking, shocking Buffons. He's got oh, like a, a really dodgy, dodgy gown on. Oh, it's just an absolute total opposite of, of <laughs> Ric Flair looking a million bucks. It's correct. Yeah. None of the glamour, none of the class. Oh, no, it wasn't. Bad. Um, so Landell's <laughs> out and it looks like now finally we're getting on with things. There's a bit of pace being injected because Ahmed Johnson's straight out after the original Nature Boy, <laughs> straight on his tail. And uh, no sooner has the match begun, it's all over. And <laughs> it wouldn't be a WWF event, would it, without... A squash match, but <laughs> correct. It wouldn't be an Ahmed Johnson match if if it wasn't you know against. If, some, if it wasn't over within a matter of seconds, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I haven't said that. I'm sure John Cristal proved a tougher nut to crack than Buddy Landell did. Right, was, I think yeah. you're right. Well, I mean uh, the, the the Erector advert last week on Raw lasted longer than <laughs> than that match. So <laughs> I put good money down that the Erector advert on on last week's Raw was 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 longer in length than that that Buddy Landell performance. <laughs> Great pun. Right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I'll just rattle through this because it's going to take all of twenty seconds. Um, essentially, what happens is Ahmed Johnson lifts Buddy Landell up onto the turnbuckle. It kind of starts choking him one-handed until the ref gets involved. <laughs> Once the ref kind of parts him, gets out of the way, Buddy Landell tries to jump on Ahmed Johnson. At which point, Johnson catches him, gives him a spine buster, picks him up, Pearl River plunge. One, two, three. That's the end of the match. We've got ten minutes preamble, and we got uh, we got ninety seconds worth of match. <laughs> yeah. Do you think this is just because Johnson wasn't up to much at this stage? He just couldn't wrestle. I think so. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. He doesn't look. He doesn't look very slick, does he? He sort of no, his power no. moves look fantastic, but everything else looks pretty clunky, and he doesn't quite. He's not great at selling and taking moves no. yet. And we, yeah, we've right. we've commented, haven't we? When he's when he's doing like the axe kicks, he gets those like totally wrong, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's always a bit bit botched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, from that we've got a there's a bit of a there's a bit of an altercation after after the bell as well. The Dean Scarpers pretty quickly after after the match. Armour Johnson paddles in with his what Vince refers to as his own board of education. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that. that's great bit of a slap with that <laughs> that's um, terrible but great <laughs> yeah and then um, the King gets back on the mic he's going to conduct another interview this time with Ahmed Johnson brings Double J with him and uh, King does his you know his, his weekly routine Ahmed Johnson isn't very bright 
sketch. And then uh, Johnson takes over the shout at Double J, calls him a fake cowboy, and then he has to go at King for just being a general bad interviewer. And while he's doing this, uh, Jarrett then sneak attacks Johnson. He hits him with a with the gold records of all the options available. Yeah. Well, of all the options available to him around the ring, you know all this stuff that keep running the ring, don't you? There's, there's bins, there's, yeah. there's chairs, there's, there's signs, yeah. there's all sorts. Yeah, and he's picked these such a prestigious personal accolades to hit him with. It seemed very careless, very careless from Double J. Um, I mean, then, I mean, a boy did he hit him as well, though. Jesus, oh, he lamped oh, him. Fucking he lamped him. He didn't follow that. He proceeded to beat him up for a little bit more as well. And uh, before Johnson recovers, and uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't really like the way it finished. There wasn't uh, a lot to like about the ending. A bit kind of clumsy and awkward. And and then from there, yeah, we've we've we move on. So up next, we have our Hogpen match, where we have Triple H going up against Henry Godwin. Um, and we start off here, fellas, with a with a nice close up of the of the pigs' rear ends, just to clarify <laughs> the, the authenticity of this match. With well, the I mean, all anuses. Yeah, we had, we, th- th- there were just three pigs just filling the screen, just to, just to check everything was above board here. They are, they are real pigs, so we, we knew that straight away. Uh, a banjo is plucked in the background, and instead of Henry Godwin making his way out from the back, we get. Hillbilly Jim making his way out. I mean, a contest of this stature needs a special guest referee, doesn't it? And we did get one here, and he, he's elated here, Hillbilly Jim. He's, he's he's bouncing out, he's grins galore, he's dressed in dungarees, and he's got a golden horseshoe swinging from his neck. He surely can't be an impartial ref. Surely this is yeah. yeah I, it's not right. He's not going to call it right down the middle here, is he? Hillbilly Jim, you know. <laughs> I mean, I forgot about that because he just looked so happy. I was just like, yeah, he'll do. He'll be all right with Hillbilly Jim. Um, Triple H is uh, his next out. His, his, his music plays. Um, and straight away, he's, he's pulling some comedic faces straight from the off just to show he's disgust at being subjected to this match. Um, and once that, once that finishes, once he's in the ring, we get Henry Godwin's banjo plucking. And this time, we get Vince joining him with the, the come on, pig, 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 pig. <laughs> He loves that, doesn't he? He was, he was straight, straight in with that, straight in with that, straight in. I thought it was my giving that, Vince, but apparently not. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, Steve, you, you still, you, you've done a sterling job on that. Thanks, you know. Liam. Appreciate it. <laughs> Every time I hear that now, it's just, it's just you, just you and me here. I mean, it's no Jim Northern Irish accent, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. You know. I loved it at the start of this match when um, when Godwin's getting in the ring and he's got his buckets with him and his slop buckets and Vince said, don't tell me this match is going to start with a regular slopping. <laughs> <laughs> a regular one. <laughs> it's a, re- a regulation slopping. <laughs> I'm surprised that the slot buckets made it into the ring, to be honest, after the... Uh, the shenanigans the other week with, with it being not, you know, not being allowed banned. into... Yeah, it was banned, wasn't it? Perfume was fine, but no slop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so th- this one starts where, with, with Godwin straight away. He's, he's, like you've just said, Jim, he's got his slot bucket ready and, he, and he's looking to, 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 to pour this all over Triple H. But anticipating this, Helmsley's du- he ducks straight away and the front crowd cops for this, ring announcer included, <laughs> yeah. and they are covered, absolutely doused <laughs> in pig swill. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're not told the rules of the match, by the way, at this no, point. never um, explained. No. We know it's a hog pen match, but 
I mean, we started in the ring and the hog pens in the background, but I'm guessing <laughs> that obviously someone needs to end up in there or something or other. But we're going on towards the end of the match. Vince points out that he sits, he sits quite explicitly says Hillbilly Jim is only there to see who goes into the hog pen. I think, <laughs> what's he doing? Abs- absolute money for old Rob for Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> and why is he starting the ring? Why is he not just at the <laughs> hog pen watching? Just get him in the back on the uh, on the small TV that Ray's and everyone's just <laughs> been, been watching. Yeah. <laughs> anyone, anyone can see who goes in the hog pen. You don't need a, refer- a special referee, nonetheless. <laughs> it's like, but again, well, who who amongst our roster is the only person that can determine, ascertain when someone actually is inside a hog pen? Well, it's obviously only Hillbilly Jim. Earl Hebner couldn't do it. <laughs> he couldn't tell. We need a hog pen expert to determine when someone is inside a hog pen. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Godwin early on has he has Triple H tied up in the ropes and then with a handful of slop he he, he puts this straight on Triple H's face gives him a facial of this slop <laughs> look gross <laughs> it was grim camera zooms in and this is all just dribbling out of his mouth oh, it looked, yeah, it looked absolutely minging didn't it <laughs> it did um, grim we're still not sure about what the, uh, the you know the terms and conditions are to this to this contest, <laughs> no. but we're in the ring anyway. Uh, and Triple H he hits a nice looking swinging net breaker and follows this with a diving knee to the head of Godwin. Yeah, great. We get next the the trademark high knee from Triple H to the face of Godwin as he bounces back off the ropes, mm. uh, and then finally uh, the the match spills to the outside. Uh, Godwin he, he gets Triple H in a, in a side headlock and he's he's looking at the the ring steps. He's 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 teeing this up he's aiming towards this and as he runs towards the ring steps uh, for some unknown reason he, he allows himself to be hit first before <laughs> Triple H's head and then Triple H has to do his best to just sell that he's he's actually took this blow first oh, it was, it was awful, bonkers wasn't it? wasn't it it was so, so messy I know so uh, messy you, you always want to wear on the side of safety but it's like if you can't do it don't try like don't don't, not, don't yeah do not when the camera's straight on you as right well you can't, you, can, yeah. you can't do that yeah it was totally. it was, it was dire wasn't it it was it was awful the match continues on the outside we get some nice selling uh, from Triple H as, as Godwin hits a clothesline uh, knocks Triple H down to the concrete yeah great Godwin then attempts to he, he attempts to whip Triple H into the hog pen gate before Helmsley reverses this and it's Godwin who's sent tumbling into the metal gate of the hog pen and it's at this point uh, how ridiculous does that sound a hog pen <laughs> and a wrestling match in the same sentence like I, I couldn't believe that like people flying into hog pen matches you've got pigs squealing in the background <laughs> Like Unbelievable! It was, like, it was absurd. There's yeah. no wonder this hasn't picked. This hasn't you know catched on the, the <laughs> one and only hog pen match in history. Yeah. Unbelievable. There really didn't need to be real pigs in there. Either, no, at no, all. no, no, that was, no. Yeah. There's no, no idea why they are though. Nah. Triple H sets Godwin up for the pedigree here, uh, but Godwin reverses this and a, and a back body drop sends the future game onto the, the fence of the pen. Oh, he's um, risky, risky, risky one. Yeah, he's, he's, he's close here. I, th- I think he I mean, I, we still don't know what what or what or how this match is, you know, <laughs> know, what goes on here, but he's on the edge of the, of the hog pen anyway. But uh, Triple H assumes control again once again. He drills Godwin with a, a diving elbow drop from, from the top of the fence. Um, and then, for some unknown reason, the two head back into the ring. Yeah. Oh. Um, and Godwin catches Triple H here as he bounces off the rope with a like a wheelbarrow slam kind of thing. He it looked it looked pretty good to be honest. Um, Triple H going face first into the into the canvas, uh, and he got a massive pop from the crowd as well. And Vince Vince went off. He's that. surprisingly over his old goddess, isn't he? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the good. I, I don't know if the crowd are just excited because there's a hog pen there or what. But <laughs> all the way through this, it was it was in raptures, wasn't it? They really were. Uh, which is you know, fair play to him, but I, I you know, and he seems, seems like a lovely bloke, so so cool. But I just I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking lad, good as gold. 
Uh, Godwin then he hits a he hits a vicious Irish whip on onto Triple H. Yeah, sends yeah. The, sends the game upside down and then he falls to the outside. Godwin in control now, uh, and he and he's just about to set Triple H up for the the slop drop. And as he's going to hit this, uh, <laughs> Helmsley leans forward, holds the barrier to block this, and it's Godwin who hits the deck. Yeah, clever. Um, we get another reversed Irish whip into the hog pen gate, but this time Triple H is on the receiving end as he bounces back oh, off it. And he what gashes a fucking, his, yeah, oh, he gashes Caroline's back. But yeah, I mean, massively. Oof. When the camera zooms in here, it's cut, isn't it? You get straight away, there's, there's just blood pouring out of this. I mean, it must be. It's it's, it's fully what half a foot of a cut mm. on yeah, his back. Yeah, yeah it's, it's massive. Huge, fucking huge. Hell. As Godwin runs towards Triple H here, though, uh, he, he, he composes himself and he, and he manages to hit a back body drop that sends Godwin straight into the pen on top of the, the pigs. The hogs are scarpering <laughs> and then we get Triple H's uh, music playing. So yeah, apparently that's it. That, the Triple H is the winner here. But <laughs> this isn't the end of the shenanigans. <laughs> so we get Triple H here. He's having some argy with, with Hillbilly Jim on the outside. Hillbilly Jim, he's not like he's not liking this. He pushes Triple H towards the pen where Henry Godwin is waiting. He grabs Triple H, he pulls him to the top of the fence, grabs him over, gets him into the press land position, and then with the crowd begging for it, he slammed in straight into the hog slop. Oh, and again, they, they, they love this. The, the yeah, crowd pop for this. Yeah. And again, Vince, you know, in ecstasy, you can just hear him shouting, yes, yes, <laughs> no, yes. This is, this is straight from the pen of Vince, this entire <laughs> match, isn't it? This, <laughs> is, this is all from him. So vocal all the way through this, McMahon. <laughs> With Helmsley on his back in the in the hog pen, Godwin then, he slaps the, the pigs and they start to circle Triple H, Jimmy Hart style, <laughs> and then... With the crowd on their feet, Godwin goes to Triple H, he picks him up again, gets him into the press land position again, and then pounds him back down into the slop. We, we, we then get Triple H delivering some classic selling. He, he, he tries to get up a couple of times. You know, he stumbles, he falls back into to the, the hog slop. And then what I did notice, when he finally manages to get to his feet, someone from the crowd chucks a drink towards him which absolutely clocks him right in the head right in the proper headshot I know and he looked right on and the bonds, isn't it, it? Oh. yeah um, and the comms just call it nicely and just laugh about it and then just br- like, brush over it, it. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely brush over it uh, oh. bonkers concept for a match this we didn't get anything about you know what you had to do within it uh, we haven't seen a hog pen match since and I think that speaks volumes <laughs> Up next is Owen Hart with Jim Corner in his corner, and he's taking on Healy McFaceson, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. <laughs> Diesel gets all the pyro as the camera cuts to grown men who've bought the single leatherette glove from the merch stand in celebration of their hero. As the bell rings, Owen desperately tries to escape Diesel as Big Daddy Cool traps him into the corner before grabbing his prey and delivering a sidewalk slam that Diesel's coccyx must still be feeling right now. Like it, we got a, he got fully five foot in the air on this jump. Jesus wept. Owen then starts to try and gain a bit of momentum and mounts Diesel in the corner for the ten punches, but only gets to about three before Big D, as Vince insists on calling him, throws him off, which he seems to do far too forcefully, and then Owen over-rotates and lands on his neck and head. Yeah. Really unsafe looking. Like, yeah, looked, vicious, this, it? Oh, I just... I, properly wince-inducing. Awful. 
Diesel follows up by clotheslining Owen over the top rope, Royal Rumble elimination style, and Jim Cornette tries to get Owen to walk it off and regain his composure. Diesel throws Owen back in and continues to manhandle him until Owen ducks a big boot and delivers an awesome-looking spinning wheel kick that Vince claims struck Diesel right in the kisser. Definitely his new favourite phrase, this. Definitely his new favourite phrase. Trying to capitalise, Hart heads for the top rope and he lands a cracking dropkick and then starts to soften up Diesel's leg in preparation from the sharpshooter. Fantastic. Big Daddy Cool mounts a bit of a comeback, culminating in a big boot again, right in the kisser to quote Vince. He's got to be doing this for a bet. Like, no, nobody says this phrase this often. It's ridiculous. Diesel then signals to the crowd for the jackknife powerbomb, and he sets Owen up and says, This is for you, Sean, in a tribute to his injured best friend, HBK. When I'd stopped being sick, I saw that the jackknife powerbomb had connected, and Diesel had adopted the disrespectful, lightly stepping on you pin. One, two, no. Diesel took his foot off before we got to the three count. Total disrespect. He picks Hart up again, ready to deliver the jackknife for the second time, as referee Tim White implores Diesel not to do it, which causes Diesel to throw the official out the ring, earning him the DQ and Owen the hollow victory. Diesel then goes on to land the second jackknife and motions that he wants the WWF belt back. Did you see the guy at the uh, the very end with the Diesel sign? <laughs> oh, go on. I mean, he... he, he... He was definitely older than the guy the previous week. I mean, is, is Diesel's target audience like just middle-aged men just going through midlife crisis? Yes, like, it's the midlife crisis, it, man. It was unbelievable. This guy, this guy was old. He was late fifties, I think. Like <laughs> he had the leather glove on. And oh God! Camera zoomed in on him really close, and he had, I can't remember what the sign said. It was with, with it not being funny at all. I just didn't. I just I was looking at him, thinking, "What are you doing? What are you doing, you joker?" <laughs> So after that, yeah, we've got the Undertaker and King Mabel uh, 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 juking it out in a in a in a casket match, aren't they? Here we go in a casket match. This is a some interesting you know, stipulations on this card. They know, um, you know, they're definitely going for it in a season's beatings. Oh, they really are. This uh, this is this would get a zero rating on the SmackDown versus Raw manager. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyway, before we start, first thing to note, first thing to note here, it was really good to see after last week on Raw, when Jeff Hardy took that vicious bonsai drop, it was good to see he was fit enough to carry King Mabel's throne to the ring here. Good to see him walking. Yeah, he was, good, he, was, he was there. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, no, Jeff Hardy was, 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 he was in the prime spot with the camera, so you could see he was carrying that throne out. Uh, so add him to the... Just so all the viewers know he's alive. I like that from the WWF. They pumped him f- full of steroids. Get out there, Jeff, otherwise we'll have, we'll have worried viewers calling the AOL hotline. We don't want that. <laughs> Add him to the the, the role of honour for uh, Mabel Throne yeah. carries, I think, alongside Rhino. There's some Jews being paid right there. Fucking hell. Unbelievable. I think really underrated entrance uh, Mabel's got. Uh, love it. I do. I do yeah, love it. Yeah, it does work pretty well. It's great. It does. It does. Um, Undertaker comes out afterwards entrance is as grandiose as always as we've said many times on this podcast still cool to see yeah brilliant even then you know as as, we, as you know compared to what it was as it is in the, in the modern times yeah it never gets old we've got Sir Moore hanging about at ringside when, when both when both uh, both men are out he's keeping tabs on the massive gold chain that Mabel stole a few few weeks ago on Raw <laughs> attached to the chain of course is the Undertaker's urn which allegedly contains the source of the Undertaker's power in one of the 
most bogus storylines <laughs> we've, we've encountered. Did I miss so this right? Because this this chain, I mean, is the urn shrunk? Have they, have they melted the urn down? You could barely see it, could you? Oh, apparently yeah. so. What, but they melted the urn down and made a chain. Well, I was I wondering so, what yeah. it was because I couldn't see the fucking hurt. Well, you know I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm guessing from what we've been told briefly on Raw. So apparently there was uh, the, I think before the war started, I think it was, uh, was it SummerSlam? That was just before, you know, yeah. do you know the Intercontinental Ladder match? Was that SummerSlam? Yeah. This year? Yeah. SummerSlam 92, Wembley Stadium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. That's that's a SummerSlam I always go oh, to. Oh, it was other SummerSlams. <laughs> <laughs> Served up nicely though, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently we, we something went on with this urn. Someone someone nicked it, and yeah. then it was it was melted down into this chain. Apparently, and then we didn't right. hear about so it for it two months, right. and then it was briefly mentioned. And then right. I think, well, I think that, that could have that confused me because I thought that it was on the chain, hanging from the chain or something. I went back and had a look, and I couldn't see anything on it, so I'm, I think that must be the case. I, I assumed I didn't hear, but I assumed it had been melted down into this, you know, bling chain that. You know, is is befitting of, you know, King Mabel. It's out. It's outrageous, isn't it? Oh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's outrageous. It's preposterous. It is preposterous. Yeah, <laughs> but everything about King Mabel is so it sort of works. But it, yeah, it's 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 ludicrous. Yeah, you're right. This did get me thinking while we're on about the chain and Sermo's guarding it, and he's hanging around ringside with this with this giant, oversized chain that could quite conceivably fucking anchor a aircraft carrier oh, in port. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, why haven't they just destroyed it? If, if this is if this is the source of the Undertaker's power, and they've got it, and they've had it for weeks now, because they were on Raw last week, and they've brought it two weeks down. Like, why haven't they just destroyed it? Correct, and it gives it gives King Mabel no additional power. Doesn't work for him. So there's no point in keeping it around. Yeah, he no, can't he harness. He yeah. can't harness no. that power. So the only the only person who can harness that power is the Undertaker. So now you've got that chain. Get rid of that chain. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom of the sea, threw it at the bottom of the sea, and that's it. Undertaker could never get his power back. Didn't have the end of Lord of the Rings, did it? Frodo didn't chuck it in the volcano, or then go out. And I've made a lovely brooch, you know. I didn't, didn't have it, you know. <laughs> and give it to Sam Moore to keep. <laughs> Giving uh, it, it, it to Sam to keep all, keep all of this, Sam. Right? There's no benefit to us, but if one of them bad guys gets it, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's get over this because we've gone for a while. Uh, in the ring. In the ring, Mabel, he starts out on top and he, he, he hits a few moves early doors. And the Undertaker does the, the, the no sell sitting straight back up. Classic, oh, classic, classic Undertaker. Um, <laughs> it, culminates, <laughs> it culminates in Mabel going for a, for a splash off the second rope and, and he misses it as the Undertaker sits up in time for the dodge. Looked really good. Mabel looked like a buffoon. Yeah. Um, Undertaker, and then moment, his momentum is that he briefly builds up following this it is quelled almost instantly following some uh, more interference which allows Mabel to hit a big belly to belly followed by a leg drop and Undertaker he goes to sit up but he, oh, he can't do it and he falls back down <laughs> he falls back down Vince uh, Vince enjoys telling viewers how much Mabel weighs doesn't he he loves it he like loves he, it he continually told us like he weighed 568 pounds like, like yeah. it's something to be envious of like <laughs> You, you, you guys, you, you guys aren't five, five hundred and sixty-eight pounds. Like he was like just like boasting about this, like that. No, yeah. But yeah, Vince, come on. That's but grossly when, over. It's grossly overweight, that yeah, mate. Come exactly. on. He's BMI. He's not healthy. But then when Archer Kong wrestles, who's a fraction oh, yeah. of the size? Who's a fraction of the size? Yeah, it, he's it becomes yeah, a, lambast, lambasting yeah. Archer Kong all the time. Correct. Jesus. Yeah. Ridiculous, um, but anyway, buoyed by by the Undertaker's failure to sit up, Mabel he goes for a for a running splash off the ropes, and this time he nails it, bang, bang, straight on top of the Undertaker, um, and then he feeds 
he feeds Sir Moth a, a, a reliable fucking hand that you're going to give this guy to, right? We're going to get him in this coffin. Sir Moth, you take care of that. <laughs> he then feeds Taker to Sir Moth to deposit him into the coffin at ringside. We then get the classic Bond villain slip up by the heels. So when, <laughs> when Sir Moth runs back to the ring to give Mabel the crown, because that would have Why? to happen. Exactly. So Undertaker's half, he's in, he's in the casket, isn't he? But the lid isn't closed. The lid's got to be closed. So if you just close that <laughs> lid, sir, if you just close that bloody lid, <laughs> this would have all been wrapped up. Hinged, unweighted, just just literally knock it. Dink, closed, done. Oh, Off you go. More, you idiot. You absolute idiot. And then he, he runs back, gives Mabel his crown, and Mabel kind of swaggers over to shut the lid on the coffin. He's really happy with himself. And Mabel, he, he closes the lid halfway down. Yeah, slowly. Yeah. Slowly, and then he turns around to celebrate. He's celebrating to the crowd. He's mugging it. He's mugging. What could possibly go wrong? Surely that lid's halfway down. There's only one da, thing that's going to happen. Da, da, that lid. Da, da. <laughs> it's going to close all the way, of course, but no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. And um, those celebrating, celebrating five seconds too early has really cost um, Sir Moya because the Undertaker he stops the lid shutting. And the lid's under no duress now either, so you can easily open it. Escape from the. Uh, Escape from the coffin. Mabel completely unawares in the ring. And then Undertaker kind of turns him round. Mabel's bewildered. He's thinking, how did this happen? The lid was halfway closed. <laughs> it was, the lid was halfway closed. How has he got out? <laughs> I had this one. You did, Mabel. You really did. Careless. Um, and then Undertaker, we go to the Undertaker's comeback. It's a big flying clothesline. And then the shoddiest choke slam you've ever seen, Mabel just kind of falls backwards yeah. with a hand on his throat. Don't, don't um, try it. Yeah, it was sh- it's shocking, wasn't it? it was, yeah, don't work. But, but, but like, credit to Mabel where it is due here because after the choke slam, Undertaker, he, he runs off the ropes and gives Mabel a big kick up the ass, which <laughs> sends him. Which like, he needs. <laughs> <laughs> He does have that fuck up with a lid. What's the hell? <laughs> and then um, he goes, he, Mabel goes hurtling across the ring and like dives through the ropes and lands inside the casket. And I was, I was, he absolutely nails it straight in there, lands it perfectly. Yeah, given yeah, his, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, given his lack of athleticism, it was, it was quite <laughs> the feat, I thought, from Mabel. Um, given how bad that choke slam was and all, but yeah. And then, so the Undertaker then starts kicking the shit out of Sir Moore and he rolls him into the casket as well. And at this point, I thought, I have to raise the issue of the size of this fucking coffin because you've got Sir Moore and Mabel in there who are both obviously big fucking lads. And despite this, there's ample room in that coffin, I reckon, for another three blocks if you wanted. You could, you could quite easily yeah. bury an elephant in that coffin, I reckon. There's no <laughs> need for it to be that big. No All need. of the pigs from the hog pen match <laughs> yeah. probably came in the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Undertaker, he goes to close the lid with, with, uh, with the two idiots in there. Then he realises <laughs> he realizes the lads have still got the urn in the coffin that he doesn't want to obviously bury his, his, the source of all his power. So he retrieves it, shuts the lid, and that's, and that's your lot. Yeah, I, I say I like this entertaining stuff. And you know what? I thought, fair fucks to Mabel. He, he was buried in a, in a rhinoceros coffin, but it was it was easily his best performance I've seen to date. So so well done, Mabel. I mean, it was his most performance, wasn't it? It was the most he's performed yes, yes, to date. Yes. Right. So we're we're, we're up to our our main event, uh, guys. Bulldogs rule Britannia music hits, and he heads down to the ring onto Raj and Toe. 
And, uh, and straight off the bat here, I've noticed that Cornet's chief is, is decorated as Father Christmas. He's gone all festive yeah, on us. Corny here. Well played, <laughs> yeah. though. Ho, ho, ho on one side, Santa Claus on the other. Yeah, I, lo- I love that from Corny. Yeah, great, great crack, though. <laughs> Brett's music hits, and we, we get a, a, you know, an impressive amount of pyro. I'm just surprised that, that Vince McMahon himself didn't acknowledge this because it was, it was <laughs> no. all going off behind Brett. I was disappointed in Vince, though. It was you know prime spot for him to jump in here. He does like to remind you, doesn't he, when he's paid out for that pile? Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I was shocked because exactly. it, it was it was impressive, you know. Was. I'd, I would I would have you know I would have taken Vince giving us you know we spiel about you know how good it looks, but yeah. we didn't get anything, which no. was surprising. One time it's and worth he, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, how bad is this? Is this uh, set behind them? This in your house set? It's shocking, isn't it? It's like a show home, isn't it? Like you know when you get like a, a new build estate and you've yeah. got that one like. House at the very front of this, <laughs> with the garage, is, yeah, yeah, has the showroom built. Office, you've got this, you've got, yeah, that's what it looked like. Was it it's shocking? Isn't oh, it's it? really so bad. bad. It so can't bad. look. It can't have even look good in in '95. It can't have done. It looks. It looks cartoony and shit unbelievable. Well. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, this kicks off, and in, in the early exchanges, we get both lads sizing each other up here, and we get some back and forth. Both putting on a, a mat wrestling clinic as we get headlocks, wrist locks, arm bars. Oh my! Before <laughs> before they, they, they size each other up again, before locking locking up once again, uh, we get our first our first pinfall. Brett gets an early two count here as he as he flies back from the ropes, hits a, a nice crossbody which takes the bulldog down. Bulldog this time, it's his turn. He catches Brett with a knee to the stomach as, as the hitman bounces back off the ropes. And then he sets Brett up with the running power slam early doors here. I looked at it, it was like two minutes in, and I'm thinking, this one's over. But rather than hit his finisher, he drops Brett onto the top turnbuckle before putting him into your favourite move, Steve, the Tree of War, and Best landing some ever. stomps to the solar plexus. <laughs> Great stuff. Bulldog then hits referee Earl Hebner in the face during all this for some reason. Don't know why that 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 happened. But uh, as 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 Earl is is gathering his his thoughts, finding his place, we cut to our very first split screen of the match, and we get a, a glimpse of Diana Smith, who's who's horrified at this moment. I mean, we 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 cut to Diana Smith an insane amount of times here, don't we? Like the split screens going on, it and it's just the same reaction each time. It's like oh, she she is drier. Than a, a silica gel pouch in the fucking middle of the Sahara <laughs> Desert, isn't she? It is. <laughs> yeah, it's so wooden, is it? So have, have some passion. You've got I your know. husband fighting your brother, I know. and she just every time it cuts to her, she has this kind of just. I'm just watching this like she, like a normal punter. She looks like she had a lobotomy. Like there's not even like put your hand on your head and be like, oh god, there's not, not even any of that. It's not even cartoonish. It's just nothing. No, <laughs> there's, no there's no enthusiasm, nothing. That's all. Pants, isn't it? Oh, that's all. Pant, pants. Yeah. Anyway, as we cut back, uh, we get Cornet's first involvement in this one. And uh, as, as Brett is, is lying in between the ropes, he, he clocks Brett over the head with the Santa Claus sheath that sends <laughs> Brett back into the ring. <laughs> Great. We get some, some demonstration of Bulldog's power in the ring here as he, as he sends Brett into the corner, chest first with a nasty-looking Irish whip. And that follows with a back body drop that gets a close two count. Some more mat holds then. We slow the pace down once again before Brett takes a leaf out of Marty Gennetti's book and nails Bulldog with a nice-looking monkey flip before <laughs> landing an atomic drop right on the Bulldogs. He's such a big influence, isn't he? Such a big influence, Gennetti. <laughs> yeah, You've got even I the mean... top guy now doing these monkey flips. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he's not done any since that that. that... He hasn't that actually. He went, he went overboard. So. He's taken our, he's taken our, uh, our feedback on board. Well, fair enough, Marty. <laughs> 
<laughs> the momentum continues for Brett here as he follows he follows this up with a, a running bulldog for a two count before picking bulldog up off the canvas and it's in a pile driver that made me wince a little bit. Mm, seeing oof, how close Bulldog's head came to the canvas. I mean, this this could be perfect timing from Brett, but it was you know I didn't I didn't like the look of this. No, I mean. It was a bit too close to comfort for me. Mm-hmm. He follows this up, Brett, with a, a Russian leg sweep before climbing up to the middle rope and hitting the trademark diving elbow drop. Yeah, it looked great. Brett then sets up Bulldog up onto the top turnbuckle. He's, he's going for the superplex. Bulldog blocks this and then counters by dropping Brett straight onto the ropes, groin first. And then Brett, he, he, he goes to the outside. The, the match spills to the outside here. They did a lot of cutting to... Um... Because it happened twice, didn't it? When when uh, Bulldog got dumped groin first onto onto on, onto some apparatus, and the, the, each time they cut to Diana Smith again again <laughs> like, for the comedy reaction, yeah. like he's just just took one in, in the Al Gornads there. Oh, and what kids? Yeah. Do you? There you go. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she never again. She never did. There was nah, never any. Nothing. There was never no. any. Oh, or yeah. Oh, that was painful. Nah. Or there was never any kind of you know. No many, yeah. No many bulldogs are going to be running around after this contest. Are they? <laughs> no, she wasn't bothered about that. That's what I mean. She, she was yeah. still exactly the same as what she had yeah. all the way around. It's like she was watching a f- uh, flipping, you know, like it just been body slammed. Same thing. Like, they were cutting <laughs> to her clearly in respect of her, in reaction of her to go, oh, rather nasty, or, or like you know, <laughs> the investment's been damaged somehow. But it wasn't. There was there was there was none of that sentiment. No. Was there? there was no, just, no, it was just, just business as usual. Yeah, like she was watching paint dry. She was just just <laughs> nonplussed. Yeah, it's unbelievable. They were getting nothing from her. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, she, no idea why she she gets this much billing to nah, be honest. Blood out of a stone, pointless. It's it's far far more than half the roster on Raw. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Meanwhile, on the outside here, Bulldog he, he sends Brett first into into the ring steps before picking him up and then sending him into the ring post. And this allows Brett to cut, and then we get a close up, and there's blood everywhere. His crimson absolutely spilling out everywhere, just to highlight the hatred between the two. And from this, we you know the crowd pop from this. You know when we get we get a couple of comments from comms. You know Vince doesn't want the cameras zooming into to Brett. He wants he wants the cameras to stay wide for some reason. Yeah, bollocks. Yeah, he's like <laughs> get in there, on, get in there in the blood. Yeah, yeah, Law, Lawless, <laughs> Lawless, yeah, Lawless. Like he's he's asking for his knees. He's, he wants the camera to go in, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and Vince is trying to play this. You know, yeah, sympathetic whilst character. prodding Lawler in the ribs. <laughs> and Diana Smith doing a crossword. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Diana Smith's knitted in the, in the crowd. Anyway, back in the ring, Bulldog sends Brit. Uh, Brit, not Brit. Don't know who that is. Somalonga. <laughs> Turned up. <laughs> back in the ring, Bulldog sends Brett viciously into the corner once again. Do you know what? Brett sells again tremendously. He's, he's just demonstrating here how good he is to work in the yeah, ring with. Phenomenal. Phenomenal at selling. Before Bulldog then sets uh, hit, hit the Hitman up into a pile drive his own for a close two count. They're absolutely spoiling us at this point. Yeah. You know, we're going back and forth. Such a wide range of moves that they're, that they're showing here. Clinic. Total clinic. Yeah, exactly. Edge of your seat stuff, this. It was. You're right. Uh, Bulldog then he sets Brett up into the in the trademark hanging vertical suplex which gets a, a close to and again we, we get Vince reminding the cameraman to stay wide here and not to get a, a close up uh, image of, of Brett's blooded face. Yeah. Brett then fails with a, a failed attempt to, to, to lock the sharpshooter on. Bulldog kicking out of this, sends Brett into the ref and then comms a chipping in about getting the match stopped at some at some point. Brett then, he, he executes an, a nicely looking German suplex before both lads are knocked to the mat from a double clothesline. 
Cornet attempts to get Bulldog pumped up here by pounding the side of the mat. But of course, all this does is to rile the crowd and then we get some let's go Brett chants. Yeah, well done, Corny. The match then spills to the outside once again. And as Brett goes to jump from the apron backwards for some reason onto Bulldog, Bulldog catches him and hits the running power slam onto the, uh, onto the mats around the ring. Again, we, we get a glimpse here of the blood all over the mats. It's it's carnage, isn't it? A pint in it. It's yeah, I couldn't believe this. It's like a cockfight, this. There's, there's <laughs> blood blood absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Crowd are right into this, though. They're loving this. Um, and, and Bulldog takes the opportunity. He, he's lifting one of the mats and he's attempting to, to suplex Brett straight onto the concrete. But Brett counters this and he lifts Bulldog and drops him once more onto the groin on the, uh, on the ring barrier. Taking some beating there, fucking Gucci's this match, aren't they? Jesus wept. What they what they what move are they softening them up for? You know, <laughs> <laughs> we get frozen peace time after this for these lads. <laughs> Back into the ring, uh, Brett is finally able to, to to nail Bulldog with the the superplex from the top turnbuckle mm-hmm. um, before countering Bulldog's roll up attempt to get to close to the crowd. Thought he had it. I thought he had it too. The finish we get though, Bulldog he, he, he whips Brett into the corner once more time. And as he charges across the ring, Brett finally gets a, a boot up to, to catch Bulldog in the face. He hooks the Bulldog's arms before rolling him up into a magistral cradle that gets the one, two, three. I mean, this this was a 20-minute match, but it didn't it didn't feel it to me, I thought. Mm, By yeah, far. Yeah, totally agree. The main events that we've had on a on a pay-per-view that, that I've covered on 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 you know during the wars, this was by far the, the, the best match. Um on 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 the edge of your seats all the way through, both wrestlers taking bumps, going through you know a wide range of moves, and it's just just pure entertainment for me. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. As we cut from this, we head to the back where the Todster, the Todster's on on interview duties once more. He's uh, he's got the Undertaker, who we who we we find out is the number one contender. He's just with is. Paul Burr. Just is. He just is. Just, he he just is. Accepted. Yeah. He is. He is. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 gone over against King Mabel, and apparently that's that's enough for the number one contender. He's with Paul Burr. Burr is at stratospheric decibel level here. He's squealing. <laughs> he's squealing like one of the the the, the hog pigs before. <laughs> and, and we get this interview. Into, <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's, it's like great. mega squealing from Burr. But we we get this interview interrupted early here by a, a clearly upset Diesel. Yeah. He he's you know he's he wants to be uh, heavyweight champion once again. I don't know why that is because when he dropped the title, it was one of the happiest days of his life. Yeah, he was you, you, you yeah, remember he was the speed on Raw? He was it, was like, it was the first time he smiled in over a year, so I don't know why he's you know he's so keen to go back to to to, to contending for that. Anyway, he, he starts barking something out about how people have dodged him lately. I mean, he wasn't on Raw for five episodes, so <laughs> I'd rethink that one. And they both go face to face, Diesel and Taker, and then we cut. We are done for the night. <laughs> Well, now let's see what we all made of it with our ratings, builders and killers. My builder is Owen Hart. He took a beating. He made Diesel look a lot better than Diesel had any right looking, but still got his own shit in and looked fantastic throughout. Great stuff, Owen. Jim, what was your ratings builder? For me, it was uh, the highlight of the show, Undertaker v Mabel. I really enjoyed. thought it was entertaining start to finish. Uh, Undertaker was uh, fantastic as he always is and even Mabel, as I said earlier, surprised me with the shift that he put in. It was his best performance by far. And his entrance, 
is stellar. <laughs> also, as well, it was encouraging that the shite storyline is now hopefully pronounced. Finally finished. Yeah, yeah. Correct, That's correct. Lots correct. of positives. Lots of positives there. <laughs> Great stuff. Liam, same question to you. What was your ratings builder? Uh, I think the highlight of, of this pay-per-view was by far for me the main event. I think it's the first pay-per-view from both companies that I've watched and actually come away satisfied with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think the way the momentum shifted during the match, the bumps, the moves, the chemistry, both wrestlers being on top form, the cutting, all culminating in a superb match. We got 20 minutes again for the main event slot, but with this, it just felt a little bit different from from the last two where you had Diesel you know, just being targeted with with the leg and then you got slow submission holds for 20 minutes. Yeah, this yeah. just grabbed your attention from, from the word go and it was just sheer entertainment all the way through. Yeah, stunning stuff. Brilliant. And over to the killers. My killer is... Diesel saying, this is for you, Sean, before he fucking hit the jackknife. Jesus Christ. I mean, come on. This is this is a terrible idea. We're still tugging on these bloody heartstrings, and it just makes Diesel look like a moron too. Just uh, awful stuff. Awful, awful, awful. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Jim, over to you. What was your ratings killer? Uh, Diana Smith. <laughs> it, it, the The... Amount of times that the camera cut to Diana Smith during that main event, it would suggest that it had been agreed in production or whatever. You know, you look, you know, like you're really, you know, on edge and you're torn between loyalties and it makes some drama for us. Yeah. And it just, when it came down, she just fucking no soul, didn't sell a single thing, did she? <laughs> From looking at you, like she had nothing riding on that. Never mind the fact that it's your brother versus your husband, did it? You know, for the, for the world title, <laughs> everything on the line. One of them's. Bleeding pints of blood, yeah. and you know it's just oh, it was just too. It's the family cheap. DNA all over the floor, and she's not us. And then she didn't <laughs> give a shite. So yeah, it was, it was just it was poor. It was poor from her. I thought. I, I hope she's not going to get asked back for after that performance. Yeah, fair enough. Liam, same question to you. What was your ratings killer? The biggest killer to come to come out of this is is the use of a jobber at a pay per view. <laughs> um, I think it was criminal criminal from the WWF to do this. Yeah. On the last pod, I flagged up. Uh, Ahmed Johnson and his band of merry jobbers as a as a killer on Raw. <laughs> so to go with the with another jobber at a pay per view is is abysmal, isn't it? Paying the match it, yeah. was was offered Burley anything, and I think seeing him continuously going up against these no marks is going to start to raise questions of his credibility. You know, to work with in the ring it's getting stale. This now, isn't it? With 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 him, and again, when we when we've been served up these dire portions from Raw, you're looking to. You know, pay per views to to be a shining light and to to stick Jeff Jarrett on for seven minutes and then this jobber was was heinous. So easily the killer for me. Well, that's what we thought, but what did the American public think in 1995? It's time to reveal the number of pay-per-view buys using our special platinum envelope. In Your House 5 had 80,000 pay-per-view buys, one of the lowest of all time. For context, WrestleMania 11 in 95 got 340,000, so this one's 80,000. And the incessantly mentioned infamous SummerSlam 92 got 
280,000 buys. 200,000 more than In Your House 5 got. And wow. frankly, based on the action we were served up, I can't find fault with that. Well, I think that ties in nicely with uh, what you mentioned earlier about the SmackDown versus Raw game, doesn't it? Because, <laughs> I mean, they had, the, they had the blockbuster car, they had the casket match, they had the hog pen match, all the gimmick matches were there. This is it. Nobody, nobody it turns Nobody's out like a gimmick. Them. No, everyone wants the singles matches the ultimate deciders that's all everyone yeah. everyone clamours for so all those hours we spent venting at the, the unfairness <laughs> of Smackdown versus Raw we Rock. just it's, uh, didn't know our it. stuff yeah exactly we've, we've had weeks and weeks though of, of just dross haven't we as well so oh, yeah the viewers have definitely voted though, with their feet haven't they you're like, dead right you're dead right indeed cracking well there you have it in your house five Monday night scored Coming up from us, it's the next battle in the Monday Night Wars, and it's six apiece on the Monday Night Scoreboard, so we have a proper six-pointer on our hands. But before we head off to start tracking down Buddy Landell cutouts on Wish, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're at TMNScores, that's at TMNScores. Well, all that's left to say is farewell, so it's goodbye from us all. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this has been the Monday Night Scores. <laughs>